Hello and welcome to the Cornerstone Counselling Podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Nathan. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever good night. you are. Good, good night even, absolutely. <laughs> um, we're pleased you could join us. Thank you very much for coming along. I'm not talking to you, Nathan. I'm talking yeah, to the, the listener. Our listener, our listener. We have 100 of the listener, apparently. 100 listener? 100 whole listener, indeed. Wow, that's, that's exciting. So we were doing our usual kind of sitting around wondering what we were going to talk about. And uh, to be fair, we actually haven't finalised necessarily what we're going to talk about. So I'm assuming we're still going to talk about what we said I think so, we'd talk yeah. about before, uh, which is the idea of humour in the therapy room. I'm going to help Nathan out here because I'm not going to go, Nathan, <laughs> and just drop this bomb for Nathan to then spend okay. some time explaining. Uh, humour in the therapy room. Is it allowed? Are we allowed to embrace something that's funny? Are we allowed to laugh? Are we allowed to see the funny side in something when we're experiencing issues around our mental health? Can an anxious person find things funny? Can a depressed person find things funny? Well, I think it's fair to say, based on experience of being in the therapy room, opposite people in various different predicaments, the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> See you next week. Um, how yeah. important is therapy? Uh, how, how important is therapy? Yeah, let me start that again. <laughs> how important is humour in therapy for you, Nate? See, now that's a really interesting question because it depends. I suppose it depends on your school. Of, you ask different therapists, you'll get a different answer. Yes. Um, for me, I think therapy. Uh, I think humour in therapy is really important. Yes, I and think I, we both do because we both substituted the word humour for the word therapy. therapy yes, <laughs> um, they do say laughter is the best medicine. Oh yes. Um, I think I. I think yeah, humour is important because it's part of part of our humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it enables us to to deal with difficult things. Yes. Um, it's a coping strategy. It is a coping strategy. Conscious, and yes. Unconscious, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The idea of Freudian slip. So I know we've, there's a gag I've used before. Oh yeah, totally. There's another one I've heard recently, which is a Freudian slip is where you say one thing and mean your mother. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and I know I suppose so. Things, things like you, you. I'm going to massively generalise here, and I'm sure we'll get letters. Um, your psychodynamic one letter one letter your psychodynamic your psychoanalyticals yeah I don't think they would use humour at all yeah by I'm, any stretch of imagination I don't I'm not even convinced that uh, so I, I know Nathan saying this by the way <laughs> hello my name is Chris um, I'm pretty sure that I well I know I know we, we both know psychodynamic and psychoanalytical therapists and in my experience they're the therapists who will go someone may, may make a joke about something go oh you know the whole like if I didn't laugh I'd cry or like oh and that's when my my father left me ha 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 and and a psychodynamic therapist would probably go yeah but is that funny you know and there is something to that but I also think that sometimes if something funny happens it's quite nice to kind of it, it relieves tension to laugh yeah I think it's kind of it's one of those well, I think it can be both a catalytic and a cathartic mm. intervention, can't it? In, yeah. in that sense, you know, I, I I have sat here in the therapy room when someone has used humour to to break the silence. Now, there's two important things going on here. One is to not ignore what they've done. Mm. It's important to name what they've done, 
but I think it's also relatively critical to to be with your clients. If you're experiencing, yeah, yeah. if the client's experiencing you operating core conditions and they've said something funny, and if I found it funny, I'm probably going to laugh. Yes. Yeah. And I'm I, the way that I I practice therapy is I'm super positive about stuff. I'm always positive about stuff. That just that's who I am. Yeah. Um, and so when somebody is like, so that doesn't mean like someone's in the pit of pit of depression. We're going, come on, cheer up! You can't be that bad. It's not that. It's, Worst things happen at sea. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that sort of stuff. It's like I'm going to honour that place you're in. Yeah. But I will always hold in the back of my brain that I know every human being has the capacity to move past whatever they're facing. Yeah. So that's that's that's, that's the positivity part of, of of what I do. But I, I also have like a, a very broad sense of humour. So if someone says something that's funny and they're saying it to be funny, yeah. I'm going to laugh. Yeah. You know, um, and I suppose that the, the flip side of that is that kind of, there's the danger, I suppose, of when somebody says something or they're describing something that, and this, this happens in everyday life. It doesn't happen in the therapy room. Maybe it does for some people. Maybe it has. Maybe it will happen to me one day. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. But when someone's explaining something and actually like, I'm finding it really amusing and I'm laughing and I'm kind of like inside. I'm kind of like trying to hold on to that. Like, oh, they're not meaning this to be funny, but it, it's it's coming across as really amusing. Yeah. You know. But that's more about, I suppose, more about my own reaction to this and what my own feelings are. And and this is always a key thing to bring into it. As a therapist, I think we need to we need to own where we are mm. in relation to humour. I remember uh, training with uh, somebody who went on a laughter workshop and the, the the idea of being in that sort of space of people kind of like forcibly encouraging laughter and feels a bit weird have you ever done it and a bit odd no i've never done it i mean it's brilliant it, yeah I knew, I knew you were going to say that because it sounds something like <laughs> i'm intrigued by that but you wouldn't catch me doing it but i laugh all the time mm. i do you know yeah. there's, there's things that i find funny there's there's dark things that i find funny mm. Um, and I'll be sat talking to somebody who's experienced something quite traumatic and there's one element about it that, that they might find hilarious. Now, I think it's okay as a therapist to laugh because somebody else is laughing. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah? Because it's, it's, laughter is that thing that unites us. Yeah. You know, uh, psychological studies have proved that groups of strangers who laugh together as a group feel more bonded because yeah. of that shared experience than people who don't. Well, look at um, the, the idea of how we conduct funerals in the West. Um, so we tend to have some kind of um, ceremony with a burial or a cremation, and then there'll be some element of a wake. Mm. Um, I've never been to a wake where people haven't laughed. Yeah. And that's an inherently sad time. There's, there's raw grief going mm. on, but there's something in, like you say, that, that cohesive bond that happens between people. Yes, they can be strangers, but also family members. There's like a... Is it saying I'm okay, you're okay, or are we saying we're okay, really, aren't we? Yeah, there's something behind it in that way, isn't there? I think yeah, I think la yeah. I suppose I feel laughter can be as cathartic as as, as crying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it's it, an extension of emotion. Yeah, it, it kind of gets you know because we don't know why we laugh. You know, it's like you know. I, I mean, obviously, there's that. You said something. It, it, it was funny. It's made me laugh. But, but why, why laugh? Why laugh? Yeah. Why do I laugh? What makes me? Laugh? I can't make myself laugh. Yeah. Why don't we shout out random colors? Or why is yeah. that the response? Yeah. Well, you know, exactly. That? It's like for, so from a psychological point of view, we don't really know why it does that or why it bonds us, but mm. it does. We know what it does when we do it. Yeah. We know that it's releasing endorphins and it's kind mm. of it works as a relaxant for us. Yeah. And so uh, people who are 
not experiencing anxiety, but are maybe feeling anxious about something, so a job interview. They have things called nervous laughter. Mm. Gallows humour. Gallows humour as well, yeah. The idea there's some kind of reassurance in that. Because mm. um, yeah. I, I, when I trained, and we both trained at the same place, I don't know whether you were told this as well. Yeah, we were told it better. Yeah, of course. You were the better year than <laughs> the I was. the better year, yeah. that's right, yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> the ones who still got our picture up above the desk. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's just that I never qualified. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never check that. <laughs> um, yeah, when I was told, when I was told, when I was trained, the I suppose they were very. My my tutor was very psychodynamic, and so she was very anti gallows humour. She was very much anti, you know, humour in the therapy room is not. It's just not allowed. Mm. It's just not done. And I've always kind of felt, no, it is. It's 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 very much. There are other things that, that, that I, was, I was told and I was training that I now did completely disagree with and I have kind of moved on from and gone, no, that's rubbish. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know where I'm going with this, to be fair. But I think it's, it's that kind of, each therapist is going to have their own way of dealing with humour in the therapy room. And, but personally, for me, I think it connects with that client in that moment. And that's not to say that if so, someone says something like, oh, this dreadful thing happened to me, but this funny thing happened at the same time, mm-hmm. and it was funny, and here's why. Yeah. Um, and we can laugh about it, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to ignore. We're going to ignore the horrible thing that happened, because we, you know, we can always go back to that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I've kind of, uh, I always have, this is going to really date me now, um, I often think of That's Life, which anybody under the age of 30 will be like, what? Um, probably even under the age of 35, to be fair. Uh, but that's life was was uh, for those of you who don't know, the millennials out there who li- if we have any who listen to us, um, or anybody who doesn't who's never lived in the UK, yeah. you know, because um, we do have international listener. Uh, he gets around that. <laughs> he does. He, he, or they, she. They. They get they. around. Yeah. It's James Acaster, isn't it? <laughs> he or she. Just say they. Um, Only men say he or she. Yeah, I know. It's, okay. um, uh, I don't even remember what I was saying now. That's oh, that's life. Yeah, yeah. that's life. Uh, that's life was a program where you'd have Esther Ranson, and she would go like, um, "Here's a here's a program about a guy who, or here's a, a, a news story about a guy who died because um, the council neglected the maintenance on his house, and his house fell down." And now here's a dog that can say sausages. And you'd have this kind of contrasting black and white and you'd go from one you know, yeah. one thing to another. Um, and that's how I've always kind of gone, that's kind of therapy. It's, you have these things bookmarked next to each other that shouldn't necessarily go, but they do, because that's life. Exactly. It's, they chose an app name for the programme, yeah. because life swings that, that, that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, I remember, um, I don't know, it's got to be... It's got to be two, maybe three years ago. Do you remember we were trying to film that video for the website, uh-huh. and we kept on getting it wrong. Yeah. And in the end, we we kind of imdenard over whether we're going to send out pub, publish the outtakes video. And uh, I remember taking it to supervision and kind of playing around with the idea. I thought, oh, it's, it showed a bit of humour because we were laughing. We kind of lost control a little bit at times, and it was funny, genuinely funny. But is it professional? Does it put across what we would want to put it across? And it kind of made me think, because actually that's, there's real authenticity in that video, which is the ultimate reason why I put it out there. Mm. Uh, I'm not the most professional person in no. the world. No, I can have moments of needing to turn on professionality and that's absolutely yeah. fine. I can, I can 
tell the listener that Chris is definitely not professional. I am unprofessional. Yeah, unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> and misconduct Nate, as we call him. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was something about, <clears throat> it shows it shows something more whole. Mm. If we were to kind of... It's you know, real. It's, it's real. And, and I, I fully respect therapists who who won't go there um, and maybe even my choice of language isn't right correct for the context but for me it's la- laughter or, or humour someone bringing something like that is just as worthy of notice as, as tears yeah. would be just as worthy of notice as stress or anxiety mm. might be in, in my clients because it forms part of who they are now you know as a therapist you get to see the tactics that people will use you get to understand what is a nervous gag versus what is something genuinely funny yeah. you know you can you can kind of distinguish and discern on those sorts of levels probably as we can in everyday life but i think there absolutely is a place in the therapy room for humor because i think with that can come some sort of celebration and it's the one thing that we kind of never really were told at college when we were training was that therapy can actually be about celebrating yes yeah it doesn't have to be about problems no, it can be about like everything right now is is going well, yep. and that that and we can celebrate the the goodness of that. Um, and I suppose it's it's. It, I suppose the one thing I'm just suddenly thinking about is that I may come across as going, oh, psychodynamic therapist, psychoanalytic therapist. Backtrack, 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 backtrack. Um, I've got nothing against psychodynamic or psychoanalytical. It's just not me. I don't really do it. Um, because I'm far too involved in the process and I, uh, talking there about kind of how you, you don't consider yourself to be professional in that sense of the word <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I coined the phrase a while ago going I think I'm professionally unprofessional um, as in you, you get me as a person yes rather than the therapy well both of us kind of work that sort of way where the the primary thing that we offer is ourselves. Yes, we have skills and abilities because we wouldn't do the job if we didn't have skills mm. and abilities. But actually, it's important that you're met by the person. Yeah. Um, now, again, you know, kind of like therapy school lesson one kind of talks about being a mirror and re- reflecting back to your client. And of course, that's there. And of, and of course, that takes effect. But it would just be wrong of me to kind of leave me outside of the room and just walk in and just... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's very much the, the, the analytical approach, and, and I'm not an analytical therapist. So yeah. I, you know, I'm a humanistic, integrative, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and actually, part of that, I think, is is being a human being in mm. the room. Yeah. But the clients, client, I feel clients come to us because they want to have a relationship with a human being. Yes. And that's what you get when you come to Cornerstone. You get two human beings. Well, you get one human being. <laughs> you don't get both of us. You want to ganging up therapy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do ganging up therapy. Um, uh, you know, you get you get one of us, and we are just human beings, and we'll chat to you like a human being, and we yeah. just happen to be looking for the unconscious stuff that's going on, yeah, and and, and addressing that. So it's you know, it's fairly simple, really. Therapy, isn't it? it's like it's fairly straightforward. But well, um, I mean. I think because we view it through relationship that everything yeah. kind of feeds into that relationship and what comes therapeutically flows out of that relationship. Yeah. If I couldn't establish a relationship with my client, if I couldn't get to that place of relational depth, then I don't know if the therapy would be as effective as, as it is. You know, I have a rapport 
with with my clients and that always felt like a little bit of a a no-go word a no-go area we were training but I kind of feel it's really important I, I I don't need my clients to like me and I don't need to like my clients that's not in my thought process it's more yeah. about how can I best be present for this client um, so if my clients funny I'm gonna find something funny they say not like yeah. they're not gonna walk in I'm gonna take the mick out of what they're wearing or, no. or that kind of thing we don't yeah. kind of like bring our own levels of humor into the room that's that's something entirely different but noticing and and reflecting back is key but it has to come from that place of relational trust yeah absolutely and I think sometimes clients will because re- re- you know we often have clients come in who have seen therapists previously to coming to us and, they were, yeah. and they'll be like oh I saw this therapist and they were like this um, and it's interesting when you've been when we, you've been working with someone for a while and they go oh you're not like my last therapist yeah. I like it when you do this yes and I enjoy this and actually I can I can Feel like I'm be more relaxed here, and you know, and I don't think I'm not. I am kind of blowing our trumpet a little bit, but I'm not necessarily saying we're better than other therapists. It's different. It's different. I think. Yeah. I think we're. And we're diff- not the only ones who are different. No, no, absolutely but not. Absolutely not at all. Every therapist is different. Like no two therapists are the same. I think we. I, although we work very similarly, I think we work in very different ways as well. I think we have massively different working styles. Mm. Um, because we're as as individuals, we're not the same. So mm. because of the way that we work, yeah, what, kind of follow me through with my train of thought. We probably work in similar ways. Our methodology is probably the same, but because we are different people, we apply the methodology in differently different ways. based on who yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also, I suppose, as well, meeting the client where they are as well. So you know, some some clients are really use really useful. <laughs> 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 no, that's the wrong word. Are really used to doing the the kind of psychoeducational stuff, yeah. and that's where they want to be. They want to be taught yeah. this stuff. And other clients come in and go, "Actually, I just need someone to talk with." Yeah. Um, and so that's where I go. I go, "Well, you need this, right? Cool, we'll do that. You need me to listen. I'll just listen." And see, in 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 that is the key for all of this: that the introduction of any emotion into the room is client led. Mm. Oh yeah, totally. So whether that yeah whether it's humour whether it's upset, mm. whatever then, you know, it it would feel inappropriate to sit a client down and me tell them a joke that I'd heard during the week. Yeah, you know you wouldn't do that. I'll crack out my tight five. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But if a client told you a joke they'd heard during the week, then if that's what they want to do, that's okay. Yeah, um, it's their space. This is the most important mm. bit, isn't it? That we we create a space for our clients to explore what they've got going on. Uh, and various people work in various different ways to get to explore what they've got going on. I'll have clients who, so we operate 60 minute sessions, I will have clients who quite happily will talk about very little in great detail for 50 minutes and then panic at the time and out comes the EastEnders Duff Duff moment with all the stuff they needed to be able to say to queue it up for the next week. Uh, Humour is just another extension of that type of process. The strength in therapy, more so than perhaps doing that with a mate down the pub or whatever it might be, is that your therapist, if they're competent, is going to go, I just want to let you know that this is what I'm noticing. Yeah. So I wonder what's behind that. Mm. Um, maybe I'm doing my mates a disservice, but I don't think my mates have sat down the pub with me and spoken about stuff in that sort of way if I've deliberately used humour as a, as a diverting tactic. Yeah. I suppose the other thing as well, thinking about humour is with so clients who who are going through depression. I find that if we make humour okay in the therapy room, 
sometimes that's the only time that person will laugh in a week yeah is in the therapy room well see the sense of being depressed comes with these unconscious rules mm. so uh, lots of people i've worked with seem to operate under the condition of i'm depressed therefore i must also be miserable yeah and the permission exists in the therapy room to not be miserable if you don't want to be mm. yeah 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 I suppose the, the other thing I'm thinking about as well is, uh, I suppose the thing about therapists being different and, and the use of humour and things like that, and sometimes, I, you know, we, I suppose I'm thinking about a particular comment that I received from a friend of mine who listened to the podcast and went, oh, I don't think you should be so making so many jokes, it feels unprofessional. And, and I was like, Okay, fair. And, I, and I considered that and I thought about this and I was like okay well maybe should we, should we have a really straight serious pod and I spoke to you about it I remember mm. speaking to you about it and we kind of came to the conclusion actually hold on that's not us like we want this podcast to, to be a kind of shop window I suppose for what, what it's going to be like an authentic reflection yeah isn't it and I, I totally understand and respect why um somebody might want that type of podcast from the therapeutic industry and and, and there are there are podcasts out there mm, that there, are, there are lots of really yeah. straight laced yeah podcasts well, out come there. to this podcast and and learn a lot of stuff about therapeutic interventions and stuff like that that's that's not ever really been us we've talked about terminology but because we work relationally i think i feel this podcast is authentic for where we are mm. Yeah, you're but it's a great bit of feedback to to, to have. No, it is really it, useful because you know, it, it, I suppose it's useful for me because I'm like every so often I kind of need to be told, not I'm not going to be able to work with every client because not every client wants to work with me, and that's absolutely fine. Yep. That's why we offer the free initial thirty minute appointment to come along and have a chat. And if you don't don't think we fit together, perfect, that's fine. Yeah, we we have, we have learned that we will not work together because therapy is not necessarily going to work for you if that's it matches in there and it's interesting actually that both of us seem to get a large percentage of clients who come along and work medium to long term as well we mm. you, of course we have short term clients as yep. well so okay for, for definition purposes talking short term clients maybe somewhere between six and ten sessions medium term maybe six months long term 12 months plus that's in, in my head as, as yep. how i view it but we both had clients and continue to have clients who we work with for over a year um, and that comes out of relationship. Mm-hmm. So within that, then you start sort of branching off. Like, what's the attachment going on there? And and then, you know, there's lots of stuff that you could kind of like, you could line yourself up to be shot at by by a listener, thinking, well, okay, what, what's what's going on there? But the therapeutic need in some individuals is to be in relationship. Yeah. And provided the relationship is safe and boundaried, it works okay. Yeah. I kind of, I, I, I've kind of had a bit of a thought. I mean, I know we're, we're like twenty something minutes into this, and I'm probably going to throw in a whole new thing that could potentially be a whole podcast in itself. Cue it up. You're going to do the East Enders duft of moment. I could do. Um, I suppose I'm thinking about something that so so something that, that I, I kind of learned really early on in my journey about how when you sit with a client, they give you so much of their life. And you learn you, you you know as a therapist I learn an awful lot about that person that person's life and, and 
you know, we often get told stuff that that person's never told another human being or never will tell another human being. Yeah. And start, you know, the, the number of like secrets, for want of a better word, that, yes. that we hold on to um, is, is, is enormous. And I often find that when we get to, to close to the end of therapy, clients want to know a little bit about me as well. You know, and they want to kind of because it's it, it very much a two, relationship is a two way thing. Yes. And as much as, again, I, this isn't me having a go at psychodynamic therapists, as much as the whole blank sheet of paper thing um, has, has a basis, and I, I completely understand why they do it, every, every therapist leaks information about themselves unconsciously, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what we do. I think I'm just more conscious about what information I leak and what I don't leak. Um, and then it's really interesting when, when you've got a really good relationship with a, with a, ther- a client and they kind of want to show you their world. And they kind of, and I'm thinking specifically about something that happened to me a while ago. Well, I say a while ago, it was last week, uh, where I met a client outside of the therapy room and they wanted to, to show me a particular part. They, they were really super proud about something and they wanted me to see it. And I was like, oh, is, is this ethically okay? Am I allowed to do this? Is it okay? And. So my, I mean, the ethical part of, of, of what gets drummed into us every day, every time we kind of we're sat with a client, we're thinking ethically: is this okay? Is this not okay? I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine because this is what the, the client is, wants to do. This thing they want to show me this part of their life, and they're really super proud and happy of it. And I'm like, I would be really, I think I'd be doing them a disservice for me to go. No, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't go and look at this thing you've done because no boundaries. Mm. But I know there are therapists out there that would think like that and say no and yeah. be really boundary and for those therapists that would be an okay call to make mm. that they would not want to go and see yeah. that um, but for you it's the other way around and it's it, it's one of those things it's, it's a difference of opinion rather than a right or wrong yeah yeah it? absolutely it's, 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 it works for you and actually what that would then do is further offer that client attachment because you've taken the time from wherever you you were doing what you're doing yeah but I've, I've just I've, I've got to observe this that as you were talking, I noticed your T-shirt. Now we're both in between clients, aren't we? And you're you're going to go and see a client in a little while with a T-shirt. It's got "Get Out" written on the front of it. <laughs> I will be wearing a jumper yeah. when we're in session. <laughs> I left the house this morning and didn't think about what I was wearing. It's like, oh yeah, shouldn't wear. <laughs> it's that bit about leaking, isn't it? You know, and it's true. Yeah. You know that I I'll wear a T-shirt. Um, formal shirt whatever but I, there's no way I could stomach the idea of coming in sitting in front of a client wearing a suit mm. for example now I spent a lifetime wearing a suit for, for work before um, so partly that's rebellious in me but it was, would feel disingenuous in terms of relationship formation yeah but it says something about me as a person as well so I'm bringing something of me into the room I don't have a, a set style of uniform that I wear I don't wear a colour scheme or I don't do this that or the other I just turn up and be Chris yeah like I, I don't like, like I suppose like I say I, I don't really think about what I'm going to wear I just kind of put some clothes on and come in it's like you get me as I am yeah. that day and I check it's got no holes in it where it shouldn't have holes oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the cat's been at this no no it's fine yeah it, it's about being real and genuine and actually I'd rather be me as a human being sat with someone than Nathan the therapist 
Yeah. Right, for want of a better way of phrasing that. It's weird, isn't it? Because I suppose your clients will only ever see you as Nathan the therapist. Yes. But, and, and so you spend a lifetime... Although, go on. although it's interesting because we live in a small town. Yeah. And it's a small town. It's a small town. Uh, once we've finished therapy, we bump into people mm-hmm. later down the road and they may see us in a different light because actually I'm doing my thing I'm living my life and doing doing things and and being being me outside of the therapy room, and then suddenly then it's like cut them up in the high street. Yeah, and pull that in front of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, uh, but you know, it's, it's just little things like you know, I'll, I'll be doing like hobbies or whatever, and I'll be will be out with my my wife, and and then suddenly it's like, oh, this is crossing over. Oh, okay, That's, yeah, you know, um, and. It's just it's it's just interesting sometimes to kind of kind of go oh right you've you've seen me in this place okay that's fine because I, I I don't hide you know I I don't really hide anything from my clients like I think I think so and that's interesting because I think some 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 therapists would be like oh no 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 you can't you can't like can't tell them about this stuff I'm like, yeah well if it it goes back to the BACP ethical guidelines doesn't yes. it if it's if it's in, if it's not going to harm the client for me to go, oh, I'm going to Scotland for my holidays, then I'll tell them because clients are often interested. It's, it is, it is, yeah. There's something in that, isn't it? Because if I said to my client, okay, well, stand, as per our contract, you know, I'm let, letting you know that in two weeks' time you won't be able to meet because I'm, yeah. I'm going to be away. Um, See, I wouldn't then go. I, I'm going away and I'm going to Scotland on a walking holiday. Oh yeah, I'm no, I don't. Go, I don't. I, yeah, but. If they were to say, "Oh, wait, where, where are you off to? Anywhere nice?" Then I would tell them. I wouldn't. Be like, oh. None of your business, pal. You yeah. know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that because it would, it would feel weird. Whereas, I suspect some therapists may work in the way that they will just say, "In two weeks' time, I'll be unavailable to make an appointment with mm. you," and it leaves kind of no scope for. Well, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, and I I understand about you know therapy is a very boundary thing. We need to maintain boundaries. And there are, I suppose there are some boundaries, like if I'm having a bad day and I'm really kind of like, rah, rah, I'm not, my car's broken down, then I, you know, the cat's sick and, oh, I had an argument with my wife, I'm not going to bring this into session, go, oh, I'm having a, and someone goes, how's your day today? I'll be like, oh yeah, it's fine. Because I'm not here to talk about my stuff, I'm here to talk about your stuff. So my stuff doesn't matter because yeah. that's parked at the door when I walk, when I come in. Um, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, today's been a bad day, blah, 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 because it upsets the balance in the therapy room. Yes. That's not what I'm here to do. No. So there is there is always stuff that's boundaried and we kind of hold back from a client. But I think there's loads of stuff that's fine to share. Yeah, if yeah, it's, yeah I agree you know, with that. And if, if it's in the service of the client and it's like, there have been times when very early on when I was training that I would kind of go, I'd maybe go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to share this with my th- my clients. I think it would be really helpful. We, we've both gone through a similar experience. And I've shared it and they've gone, I don't care. <laughs> you know? And, and you're like, oh, okay then, fair enough. And I think sometimes as a therapist, you can you can develop that sense of going, oh, this would be really helpful. Actually, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that, there's a good, powerful discerning tool within that. And it's that, yeah, that lovely phrase of, is it acting in the service of your client? Mm. Um because we might genuinely believe that we're going to say something, um, attempt to lighten the mood, you know, bring back on the, the humour topic, that sense of, ooh, you know, they look a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. 
but that's fine because yeah. sometimes it's about sitting Absolutely. with the uncomfortability Uncom- that's not a word discomfort discomfort that's the word yeah uncomfortability uncomfortability um, that's half an hour so on that that note we're, we're going to end on the uh, yeah. uncomfortability let's end at which point Nathan is going to regale you with the ways that you can contact us but, okay buckle in everybody um, strap in for this adrenaline field ride of miscontact information <laughs> we're available on Facebook and Instagram yeah. Ooh. at um, Wellington Therapy at Wellington Therapy help out with that one at Wellington Therapy um, we do Twitter although I don't do Twitter Chris does Twitter um, so if you see anything sort of dodgy post on Twitter that would be Chris where can they find us at something <laughs> I don't. I have. I literally have no idea. Yeah, at Cornerstone CSW. There you go. Cornerstone CSW. Um, Facebook is just Cornerstone, isn't it? I yeah, think. Cornerstone yeah. County. Um, you can get onto our website, which is cornerstonesw.co.uk. Yeah, he's done it right. Just a quick one on the Facebook page. Don't search just Cornerstone because you'll end up subscribing to a shaving pack. Oh yeah, the razor people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cornerstone counselling. Um, yeah, uh, and. Um, if you've got any questions or any thoughts or anything then do get in touch comment below comment below like and subscribe five star reviews please only I think you can only submit five stars can't you yeah I don't think yeah. it works any other way yeah yeah. Um, share with your friends let everybody know goodbye Nathan bye Chris bye.